I definitely think you have to have the mindset of being a lifelong learner. Um, as our state and federal legislation changes, it impacts how we operate very quickly. And we need to be able to be flexible to embrace those changes and to make the best out of every situation that we're in. Welcome back to Adventures in Ed Funding, the series presented by CASBO, the California Association of School Business Officials. There's no getting around it. Our families, our communities, the entire society, we're facing tough times. We know that during such times, public schools are more vital than ever. And to keep all aspects of our school system running well for students and staff, from the finances, transportation, and human resources, to food services, facilities, technology, and more, we need talented, knowledgeable school business leaders. In this episode, Jamie Dial, Assistant Superintendent of Business Services for the Kings County Office of Education, and since March, CASBO's new statewide president, shares her personal story and helps us explore the school business profession. What are some of the key challenges in the field? How do leaders stay current on the wide range of pertinent issues, practices, and laws? And of course, how can we continue to act and lead effectively in times of crises such as these? Thanks for joining us. I'm Paul Richman, your series guide. I had the opportunity to connect with Jamie over Zoom recently. Because the CASBO annual conference in March had to be canceled, her year as president began not with the more traditional speech and passing of the gavel, but rather a more immediate and unceremonious immersion into the present COVID-19 reality of closed schools, distance learning, wide-scale meal distribution, and state budget deficits. Thank you so much, Jamie, for joining us, and congratulations on becoming the new president for CASBO. These are obviously very tough times. What are some of the biggest challenges that you're seeing school leaders and staff grappling with right now? Well, definitely leading in a time such as this, it's challenging as there are a lot of unknowns, which can be extremely stressful. Um, we all want to do what's best for our districts, so we must remain flexible. In addition. As information comes out and as we're learning more about how we may be progressing in one area, we may have to redirect our course based on the information that we're provided by CDE or from the state level or even from the federal level. I know that a, a common refrain that, that I'm hearing from a lot of people is that there's so many more questions than answers still right now. Yeah, it can definitely be challenging, especially when... Um, Folks just want to know what the answer is. They want to know what the, the plan is. Are we returning to school in the fall? And before that, they're wanting to know, are we re returning to school in May? You know, there were so many questions. And so I think the best key is to communicate what you do know and not to be afraid to admit that we don't have answers for some of this unknown and to utilize that flexibility of, of letting them know. As soon as we know, we will share with you and to always try to think what is best for our both our staff and our students. We often see tips uh, or lists for leaders that describe what types of things to do in a crisis. And I was wondering if we could flip that around a bit, if you'd be willing um, maybe to share 
your top two or three tips for things not to do in a crisis? Well, I think one thing for sure is we can't ignore the situation and just hope that it goes away. I mean, you definitely have to address the situation as fast as you can, start brainstorming on the ideas and things that you can do. And we also have to remember the human element and behind every decision we make, the impact that it has on someone's life. And so we need to show compassion and consideration, even in this time of tough financial struggles. And and I think that sometimes it's really easy for um, us to blame others possibly, but now's not a time to blame anyone. It's a situation that's kind of out of everyone's control. So we all have to work together to do what is best for our district staff, students, and, and our community. So don't ignore, don't blame. And just try to do the very best that you can. Is there anything that you've learned about yourself or your leadership style during all this that you might be willing to share? And you don't have to, but. <laughs> um, that's kind of a difficult question, but at the same time, I think that not just leadership, but I think in life in general, um, this has given us the opportunity to reflect on things that we need to be most thankful for, especially as it relates to our families and our communities and to treat one another with compassion, especially as each person has their own challenges and anxiety during this time. Um, just because this transition may be easy for one person or one family, it may not be that way for everyone because they may have small children at home that they're also trying to um, homeschool at the same time that they're trying to get some work done remotely and or their spouses. So I know that it's very challenging for families right now. And what are some of the ways that you're approaching things personally as a leader during this time? I feel like out of every crisis or challenge that we embark upon as not only personally, but also as a school district and or as a state and nation, that we see new opportunities. And so I think that this may bring about some growth and some new experiences that we may not have thought of before. Um, And so I'm very optimistic that great things will come out of this. I know at the time things seem very bleak, but we will work together and we will make sure that our students are successful and that they have the infrastructure that they need. And so I believe that we will work together to make that happen. Are there any sort of growth areas or or opportunity areas in particular that you're already starting to think about or see? I think mostly from my staff working in the business department, you know, I think we're going to re look at how we work every day We were used to everyone being in the office every day. We may see where we are able to do more remote work. And so that means we need less office space and possibly we have to cool less number of buildings. And so there could be some cost savings there. So I just think that there's a lot of opportunity and growth for both, not only our students, but I think us as adults as well. It it makes us get out of our comfort zone slightly. And especially I'm saying that to myself as well. It sort of makes you take a fresh look at everything. That's for sure. Yes. We're talking with Jamie Dial, CASBO president. And Jamie, let's explore more about your pathway into the world of school business. Recognizing that everyone's journey is different, but there's a lot we can learn from each other's experiences. 
You're currently the Chief Business Official for Kings County Office of Education, or KCOE. Looking at the map, Kings County is nestled right in the middle of five other counties, Fresno at 12 o'clock, then going clockwise to Lair, Kern, San Luis Obispo, and Monterey. What else can you tell us about Kings County and your schools? Um, so we do have 13 districts in our county. We are a small county located in Central California, and we have about 28,000 ADA countywide, which to some of our listeners, they're going to say, that's very small because my district alone is much greater than that. But just like working at a large district, small districts have those same responsibilities and requirements. And so, you know, we're, our hands are very full and we're very busy doing things to help our small districts. So, and, and tell us more about your background. How did you find your way into public education? Sure. Um, so I actually grew up here in the Central Valley. Um, I was born at Lamore Naval Air Station and my dad was in the military. So whenever I was young, we actually lived in several states before coming back to California in uh, the later part of my elementary school years. And so I was here and graduated from high school in this area. And then I attended Lubbock Christian University in Lubbock, Texas, and then returned to California after graduation. And I've been here ever since. I got my degree in accounting. And so I spent my first several years doing manufacturing and retail accounting um, before I actually found my way into school finance. I know that a lot of people say, how did you ever make it into school finance? Because it's not usually one of the paths they tell you about whenever you're seeking accounting degrees, et cetera. But after my time working in uh, manufacturing and retail accounting, um, then I came in at the county office as the director of external business services. And I did that job for um, about 14 years. And then I actually left the county and went to Hanford Elementary for three and a half years and got the experience of being at a large school district, which was great. And then in the last year or so, I've come back now into the role as Assistant Superintendent of Business Services. And so I've really enjoyed my time both at the county office because I've been here collectively almost 16 years. And then my time at the school district was great as well. What do you like uh, the most about the work that you do? Oh, well... I really enjoy working with our districts. I find it very fulfilling to be able to help our districts and to help our departments with their goals and the things that they're trying to address, especially when it comes to finances and how we're trying to make the most of every dollar and stretch those dollars. So I really enjoy working with my team um, and being part of that team to feel like you're really making a difference for our students in our county. Was the transition from private sector to public education difficult? Well, when I first began my job here at the Kings County Office Ed in, in school finance, I soon realized that school finance was very unique and I needed help to learn more about my new responsibilities that were very different from my background in manufacturing and retail accounting. I knew accounting, but school finance is completely different because we have so many laws and legislation and um, regulations that require us to do so much more than just accounting. We have specific reporting that we have to do, especially when as it pertains to the education code. So I reached out to one of the many CASBO professional councils and began attending their meetings. I specifically got involved with the payroll um, professional council because I had the oversight responsibility of all the payroll tax reporting and retirement reporting for all of the districts in Kings County. 
I quickly learned that this group of colleagues mentored, encouraged me, and shared with me their knowledge of how to navigate the complexities of ed code, labor law, pension reporting, and payroll taxes. And it was through this introduction to CASBO through that professional council that it was the best thing that I could have done um, in my new position at KCOB and just to help me, you know, broaden my horizons in school finance. Because soon I realized with CASBO, you you have a wealth of knowledge at your fingertips. It's not only just your area of, that you're responsible for, but you have the opportunity to be exposed to a myriad of different sections within school finance and operations, anywhere from child nutrition to risk management to maintenance and operations. So you have that great opportunity to really expand your breadth and knowledge of school finance. I've heard you talk too before about the value of mentors. So I was wondering, has there been a particular mentor or mentors who have made an impact on you? Oh, definitely. And it's it's kind of like... Um, as your seasons of life change, I find that you have different mentors that come into your life. Um, and definitely in CASBO, I have had so many mentors. Um, and it's not only through that, but also through other organizations. Um, as a county office, we have region meetings where we're just meeting with other county offices that are close in our proximity. And it's through those um, interactions as well that you meet a lot of wonderful people in school finance, and they're so willing to help you. Each and every day, I feel like I come to work and I learn something new that I did not know before. So I, I find that our our role is never boring. It seems like we always have something new to learn, um, especially in this new role that I've taken on as assistant superintendent. I now am responsible for maintenance and operations and risk management. These are areas that I didn't have um, a background in before. And so now I'm learning that. And I've reached out to several colleagues that have helped me through this transition. Are there other ways that, that you dive in to start learning more when you have those kind of new areas of responsibility? Oh, sure. Um, we definitely reach out and we read through the ed code or you read through, um, there's a lot of good articles out there from different organizations that we refer back to. And CDE has a wealth of information on their website as well. And so you just need to spend the time to research, but especially right now with COVID-19, you're seeing a lot of FAQs being put out by CDE, and it's very helpful. So, Jamie, do you really curl up with, with the Ed Code on the weekend? Well, I try not to <laughs> curl up with it, <laughs> but occasionally, whenever I'm trying to research something, um, we will definitely dig into the Ed Code. And it is kind of fascinating sometimes that you see how it transitions, and you can see from the different years where the legislature has changed the law and then maybe it's come back or it's been changed slightly. And so it is kind of interesting. And you sometimes do have to be a little bit of a super sleuth to uncover some of those little nuances that are hidden deep in ed code that some of us have forgotten over time. Right. And, and while we're at home and can't go to the gym, it's also part of a good fitness program. I think lifting those heavy ed code books around. <laughs> <laughs> um. I was wondering if you if there's words of wisdom or advice that you received at, at a key point in your career that's really stuck with you. I think that one of the main things is just continue to learn. Um, I think that that we never really know everything that we need to know. And so I think it's always not being complacent, continue to learn, continue to grow. And that's one of the, the great things about CASBO is even though 
you may not have a direct responsibility over, we'll say, child nutrition, you can always attend those sessions at annual conference or attend a workshop that's specifically about that. And then you're amazed really how so many facets of what we do in school finance, it crosses over into all the areas. And so I find it very um, encouraging whenever we reach out because we don't know what we do today, how it's going to impact one of our fellow um, co-workers. And so I do find that, that that is very rewarding to learn more about other areas of school finance and operations. You, you've mentioned the importance of being a, a lifelong continuous learner. And part of that is giving ourselves space to be able to make mistakes and reflect on them and learn from them and and make that continuous improvement. So I, I was wondering if there might be a particular mistake or failure that you or one of your teams had in the past um, and what lessons you've been able to take from it. That's an excellent question, Paul, and it requires some self-reflection. I think we can all go back to a situation in which we could have handled it differently or taken extra time to have a greater understanding of the issue at hand. Um, It's hard for me to come back to any one particular thing. I just, overall, I believe that many of us are very task oriented and there does not seem to be enough hours in the day, but especially during this time, we need to take that opportunity to listen and truly engage with others. I know that there's a saying out there that they do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I believe that that's very true, that we need to take the time to understand the situation, even though we may have difficult decisions that we have to make, but it's important that we slow down sometimes to really think it through and to make the best decision that you possibly can. Do you find that it's particularly hard to to try to be self-reflective in school business because so many people are depending on on the accuracy and the correct answer? So it, it seems like it, it heightens the the pressure in some ways. Yes, I agree completely. I mean, when they need to know exactly what the budget cut is or a particular thing that you're looking at, you want to be as accurate as possible. And you want to make sure that you've made a very informed decision, that you don't just speak out of turn. You want to make sure that that the information you give is reliable because credibility is, is key to what we do each and every day. So this spring, Jamie, you became president of CASVO after serving in various other regional and state positions. What does the role of president involve? Well, I have the privilege of representing over um, 23,000 members of CASVO at the state and national level as president. And I get to serve as the, on the executive committee for the CASVO board of directors. So it is truly an honor and a humbling experience to be able to serve our members and help carry our message to others to better understand the complexities of school finance and operations and the challenges that we face each day. What makes CASBO unique as an association? It's all about the professional development. Um, It's unlike any other industry I've ever seen with the amount of knowledge that is shared amongst one another, the professional development you can seek within CASBO, and then also the networking of colleagues and their willingness to share information with one another. I know whenever you're in the private sector, a lot of that people do not want to share. And here I find that people are so willing to help you. You can just pick up the phone and through one of these many wonderful colleagues you've met throughout your time in CASBO, 
you know, right at your fingertips. You can have somebody who really is an expert in whatever category that maybe you're struggling in and they're so willing to help. And I think that that's what's so unique about CASBO is that professional development and just that networking opportunity that we have. You, you get to be president in a unique year. Lucky year, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Unfortunately, we don't even get to see each other that often. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, you probably haven't had, I, I mean, obviously there haven't been any in-person executive committee meetings or board meetings yet, right? No, no. We're doing conference calls and Zoom meetings. So it it's a little bit more challenging to do business that way because I think we are so used to having that personal contact with one another. So it, it's, it's a new challenge for us. Is there something that you're particularly proud of in the work that you and CASBO have been doing? As I become more involved in leadership at CASBO, I'm truly amazed at all of the things that CASBO is involved with. But I'm especially proud of the advocacy efforts that our legislative committee has accomplished over the years. We have a great group of dedicated individuals who work very diligently to understand the complexity of legislation and new bills that come about. And they work very tirelessly to make informed and collaborative decisions that are for the best interest of all of our LEAs, our local education agencies. Um, So if you had been able to be at the the conference this year in March, what are some of the things you had hoped to to share uh, with the members during your uh, speech? Um, Well, from that time that I first joined the professional council, then I went on to get very involved in the section leadership um, and then on to the state leadership. Um, There are three words that continue to resonate with me throughout the years, and that is mentor, vision, and purpose. And so whenever I was thinking of those words, I thought, well, you know, that actually has an acronym of MVP. And so when we think of MVP, we think about an athlete who's named MVP of a championship type game. And we understand that that person didn't get there alone and could not be successful without the other members of their team. And that's exactly how I feel about each of our members in school business and operations within CASBO. Each one of you are MVPs for sure. No matter the title of their position, they each play a vital role in the success of their district. And there we have it, an excerpt of the speech that Jamie didn't get to deliver in person. So, Jamie, many thanks for joining us and sharing your perspectives and your pathway into school business. And before we wrap up, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share? I just think that it's, it is a time for us to reflect that it is a unique situation that we're in. And, you know just to reach out to one another, even though we may not physically be able to meet, you know, reach out to your colleagues and, and, and share your concerns and, and get their perspective on, on ideas and things that they're considering, because I definitely feel like together we are much stronger than individually us each trying to approach this on our own and working in silos. We need to work together in collaboration through the education side, through the program side and into finance and operations. It's all very critical that we're all on the same page and, and working together to be the best team that we can. Well, I, I really appreciate your comments. And I, I just, I have to tell you, I just love your calm strength in the face of all this. <laughs> it's reassuring. Well, well thank you, Paul. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. 
And many thanks to you for joining us on Adventures in Ed Funding, this series presented by CASBO, the California Association of School Business Officials. Be sure to visit the CASBO website or our show notes for more information and links. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen so even more people can discover the show. My name is Paul Richmond, and I'm your series guide. Tommy Dunbar handles all of our music, sound, and editing. Our original artwork was produced by 2B Communications. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and never stop learning. <laughs>